whatever you're saving up for. A CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.00% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Blue Shirt Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirt Breakaway. This week we're doing a special playoff preview edition against the Penguins, but I have the specialist of all birthday boys here, my co-host Greg. Say hello. Hi guys. Hello, everybody. Oh, you know, it's your special birthday. We get to preview the Rangers-Penguins game today. And, I know. And so far yeah. your Mets are losing. Is this true? Yeah, 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 yeah. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Well, you know, uh, things could get worse. They could... <laughs> Did Stan hit a home run? Stan over. Did he? Okay, so preview. Uh, okay, right before this pod, Greg said he would stop podcasting if Stan turned homered. Uh, it seems that that has happened, and uh, I hope everyone has enjoyed this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was an easy decision. Turning off the Met game, and we're gonna. We're gonna now we're gonna put... do some Ranger uh, talk here. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do some Ranger talk, buddy. So now you have my full attention okay well good I, I i'm always worried if i have it or not before we get into uh the rangers and uh their nemesis opponent of the last three years well i wouldn't say they're nemesis we beat them sorry about that uh the penguins let's talk a little bit about vegas how was that for you man <sighs> it was a good time man it was a good time I was out there to see my uh one of my college roommates get married uh to his longtime girlfriend kelly uh you know it was lovely it was it was every it was it was okay. a very normal wedding that just happened to be in Vegas. Did you, which did you I think lose too much? Surprising. Did you come back up? Oh, I did not come back up. Yeah, Have I, I ever come back up? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> uh, I will say, though, I am really starting to get concerned about myself. I must have had over 20 Long Island iced teas, and at no point did I ever feel completely off my rocker, which is concerning okay. because okay. there's so much booze in those. And yeah, I just, every- like... I was fine. Were was they fine. mostly water? That's incredible. I think they were not, no. I I watched them get made, and unless oh. they're putting water in like huh. the physical vodka and rum and tequila and triple sec and gin bottles, uh, there I should have been drunk, and I was not. Well, good news. I'm glad you're alive. Yeah, that's uh, you made it back. Maybe not financially, but we're here together. Yeah. Well, good thing this podcast makes so much money. <laughs> hey. <laughs> $250 worth of Amajoy, um, in pounds, <laughs> that is. Uh, yeah. All right, so let's get to what we're really here for, right? What all the fans are here to listen to. The Penguins versus the Rangers. So, uh, this last week, I would say we lost to the Islanders in a very way, right? <laughs> I, I'd say the last two weeks of Rangers hockey can be best summed up in a fart emoji. Okay, that's good. Now, my conspiracy theory was, okay, we're going to let the Islanders beat us. Maybe they're stupid enough to win two more games. 
and they'll pass us, and then we'll play the Panthers, and they'll play the Penguins, and we'll let them into Murderer's Row. Do you agree with that? That we we threw that Islanders game? No. Okay. No, I think the, I think the Rangers. I think the Rangers. Well, I, uh, I think the players the Rangers put out there wanted to play, but uh, they definitely didn't put out their best players. I would, just, I'll give you that. It just felt like that game was over from the start, and that we didn't want to win it. Yeah, which is which has been my peer, fear since the beginning about resting players before the playoffs. Like, are they just going to magically turn it on now? I, I don't know. That scares me, man. That's true. Uh, then we miraculously beat the Red Wings without the help of Matt Zuccarello and, and others, including mm. Girardi and uh, Stahlberg, I believe. And uh, so now we're here in this position because we, we've already saw that the Islanders have uh, gotten the wild card, so I guess we decided to try and beat Detroit. So now we're here versus Sidney Crosby, our friend, our dearest friend, Sidney Crosby, and his lovely lad uh, of teammates, lads of teammates, right? And uh, so what are we going to do, Greg? <laughs> well, I, I mean, to harken back to our days of yore, pull out our first Phil Sims in a while. We were talking before the podcast, Ryan. Right. You and I are in different camps here. We uh, are. In regards to what's about do we to we want to save our predictions for the end, Greg, and we'll go over yeah. the, the matchups? I think, we sh- I think we should. Okay, so let's do this. Let's start with the injury report. Which isn't great. It's not, but let's start with the good news. Which also isn't great. Okay, no, this is good news. Malkin is at least out till game four. Oh, good. So that's still not great. No, not not still not great. I think if he came back, obviously hockey players are tough sons of the bitches, and that's why we respect them, right? Right. But uh, and I do have a lot of respect for Malkin. He's a really good player. But if he comes back, he's not going to be 100 percent on the ice. So I, him just them- his just his presence alone would be a difference, though, because. Even 50% of Malkin is an exceptional hockey player, and you have to take account for it. And with the way the Rangers' defense has been playing like Swiss cheese at points in this season, uh, 50% of Malkin could be 100% of a problem. Well, let's let's hope that we all, we're up 3-0 at that point. Uh, okay. Okay, buddy. Okay. Uh, but he will be back till Game 4. So that's semi-good news for the Rangers to try and, you know, take advantage of these first couple games. And the second part of good news for the Rangers is that Marc-Andre Fleury was cleared to play, but he is still passing concussion symptoms, like tests. He has no symptoms over the past couple days, was practiced. Uh, he's expected to play. Their backup, Matt Murray, is is hurt. He has an upper body injury, and his status for Wednesday is unknown. So that means that they'd have to turn up to their AHL guy. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name to embarrass myself right now. Uh, but that does that makes me feel pretty good. I mean, Flurry, if he's not 100%, that makes me feel like we got a shot. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I it's it, everything feels like he's gonna play, and you know, you, you never know with head injuries though. Like, what is 100 percent after a head injury? Are you ever 100 percent again after a head injury? Who knows? We can but really if Flurry, it. It, it's a lot harder to beat the Penguins if you have Flurry in goal, and it's looking like Flurry's gonna be in goal. Right. I mean, obviously he won't be 100 percent. Well, at least we're hoping. I mean, I hope no ill will on anyone, but as a Ranger fan, come on, guy, miss a buck or two. Uh, so him having being back in net is important. Obviously, if they start their AHL goalie, uh, it's <laughs> I'm feeling really good about game one at least. Uh, that would be the ideal situation, all things considered, yes. Right. So on their defense, obviously they have uh, at least one good defenseman. And his name is, uh, falling off the top of my head, is Chris Letang. Sorry about that. Uh, there you go. I so got it. Bad. I got it. Um, but their second best defenseman is Ali Mata. 
And he's been out since March 24th, and he's looking to come back and said he should be available for Wednesday night. Having yep. him having him back on that team is is uh, quite the boost for that defense. Well, yeah, because we've talked about the times we've talked about the Penguins before is their lack of depth, and it is especially notable on the defensive end where they've had Latang and not much else all season, and then Mata's kind of broken through, but then he got hurt. And if Mata's back, I mean, they could easily go up against any of the two top Ranger lines and completely just take him out of the game. They're that good. Uh, and Latang, of course, is basically everything you would ever want Keith Yandel to be. He might be one of the best offensive defensemen in the NHL. Uh, and that doesn't take away from the likes of, like, Oliver Ekman Larson or any of those guys, but Chris Letang is a special talent. He actually, uh, I think he's the favorite for the Norris Trophy right now, and he's has 67 points on the season. That's what I read earlier. That's pretty good. Yeah, so he's a he's a sharpshooter, he's a really good offensive defenseman, and uh, having him on the ice and we don't have that call. I mean, would you say who would you rather take, uh, Letang or Yandel, right now? It's not even a question. Okay, I just wanted to throw it out there. Like I, again, like everything, Yandel's. If everything clicked with Yandel at any time in his career, he'd be Chris Letang. But Chris Letang is already there, so and he's been there for a while. So you're right. Oh, a long time. He's been he's been special since the jump, and uh, it's very impressive. So that's pretty much the whole deal uh, injury report for the Penguins. And now we go over to the Ranger side of things. Is anyone healthy? Well, yeah, some people. I mean, Rick Nash is healthy, supposedly. <laughs> you can't even say that 100. I know. I I don't know that bone bruise. Did it really even heal? Um, Who knows? I don't, what is a bone bruise? Eric Stahl said he's healthy, but I haven't. He scored three goals and two in the same game once. That was pretty nice. Yeah. Um. All right, so let's go over this report real quick. Matt Zuccarello is expected to play. He set out the final game of the season with a lower body injury. Uh, Ryan McDonough, he is out for at least the beginning or the opening round series. So, yeah, that, that one, uh, that's just a crushing blow. Crushing. So the rumor is he has a fractured hand. That is what I've been hearing. So, I don't know how you play with that. <laughs> you want to be perfectly honest. One slash, you're just back on the bench. It it takes a whole bunch of intestinal fortitude that I could never in 100 years imagine having. Uh, I know hockey players are cut from a different cloth. They, they're just animals and complete genetic freaks when it comes to pain tolerance, but... Yeah, hand's kind of important, and the story today from practice, according to Larry Brooks and Steve Zippe and everyone who was there that was watching practice, was, you know, he was skating around, but never once did he grip the stick with his right hand. And, you know, the bare minimum he needs to do before he can play (laughs) is grip the stick. And if he can't even do that, then there is no point of even discussing Ryan McDonough playing in the playoffs. I have a feeling we won't be seeing him. That's just my prediction. Uh, uh, definitely not for the first round. There is zero chance before the end of – even if the first round goes seven games, you're not, not going to see McDonough. It's really hard. It's And that as soon as that injury happened, that's when I really started feeling not too great about yeah. this series. Yeah. Uh, Dan Girardi, after sitting out the final game, uh, he practiced on Monday. Oh, he's had out practice, Monday practice also. Sorry about that. He's expected to return Tuesday, and he's ready to play the following night. So I know everyone's excited about that. He just hasn't been healthy all year, right? It's it's seemingly one thing after the other. And, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30. Uh, I, I I think he's been exposed defensively this season. And now you're going to take 
you're going to take McDonough away from the defensive um, pairing. Yeah, it's I, like McDonough hurts that much more when Girardi is not healthy. Like, well, it's 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 it hurts. It, it really doubles it up. So here's uh yeah that we're gonna get to that in a second. Here's the last person on the the injury report. Here is Victor Stahlberg. I said in an interview today he's good to go. He was just a little banged up. So having Stahlberg back is nice, but he's a fourth liner. So what does he really you know bring to this this team? Actually, I, I like Stahlberg. What am I talking about? I'm not gonna shit on him. And the Rangers, the the when the Rangers make deep playoff runs, it's kind of I, I don't say it's on the back of their fourth line, but we've seen the Rangers' fourth line step up in big moments before. Brian Boyle has had very good postseason games. I, I really miss Brian line. Boyle. I'm just gonna throw it out Dom, there. Dominic Moore has been great for the Rangers for years, and he's been a focus point on the fourth line. Um, Kevin Hayes made his mark on the fourth line back when. We had a lot higher hopes for Kevin Hayes, and he wasn't kind of disappointing us left and right. So, you know, let, let's not just, like, gloss over the fourth line. Some of the best and grittiest Ranger performances have come from that line. No, yeah, I totally agree. And actually, back to Dan Girardi for a second. I've made this point multiple times in this podcast. The Rangers have played more games than any other team in the past three years. It's just taken a toll on his body. He doesn't have the same body he had three years ago. And, you know, we're talking about hockey. We're not – this is a hard way for players – for individuals to make a living because it's 81 games over a five-month season with back-to-backs and cross-country flights and playing through bone bruises, sprains, twists. And how many how many times over his career have you seen Dan Girardi just throw his body in the way of pucks? Oh. Those add up. They add up. Yeah, you're. Yeah, and that's like I think Girardi's a good guy. I don't hate him as a person. Like I, I love him as a Ranger. But man, is he awful now? <laughs> like everything supports how awful he is. He's been a shadow of himself this entire season, and you know we've read a couple very good think pieces this year that have suggested that Girardi was nothing more than an average defenseman at his best, and maybe we were over evaluating his talent. So the fact that he is clearly a below average player right now and you take away his clearly superior uh line mate it it's it's just you know it's it adds things up it, it's going to be hard to stop the likes of Sidney Crosby Nick Bonino Phil Kessel our old friend Carl Haglin uh, Chris Kunitz Chris Letang like yes the Penguins are front loaded but as we've said from the get-go they're Top six go toe-to-toe with anyone. Anyone. And uh, they're going to be a tough out, as, as you know. So let's they're go. Red hot. Let's go. Yeah, they're red hot. What have they lost, like one game in the past 10? Incredible. I think I think it's something like 14 to 16 they've won to end the season. I'm going to double check for one second. I should have this up already. I'm sorry for the typing in this mic. Um, But actually, let's go through the goaltending. Well, we'll go through the matchups. Oh, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10. I bet they just and threw I, that. And I, I think I think beyond that, I really do think it's like fourteen to sixteen. Huh. I could I could be making it up, but don't hold me to it. I won't. Uh so let's go a little bit through through the matchups. So obviously we have the Rangers being us, we uh have the advantage on in the goalie section. We have Hank. So that's Yeah, but at, at the same time, I I'm right there with you. Hank is on paper clearly the better goalie, but we've seen Flurry get hot before, and Flurry's name is on a cup. So you can't exactly say clear cut that the Rangers have the edge in goaltending. They should by, by every statistical measure you could find the Rangers 
should have the edge goaltender-wise. But, we, I mean, random goalies get hot in the postseason, and we've seen MAF do it before. Right. And we've seen Hank do it, but it just wasn't didn't finish. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I'm going to give us an advantage of that right now. Of course, my uh, my opinion doesn't really matter there, I guess. <laughs> it really comes down to it, right? It's it's really going to be who gets hotter this series. Uh, bl- that, yeah, and, and the thing – but the one thing that works in the Rangers' favor, yes, we've talked about how uh, the Rangers are really lacking um, depth defensively because of uh, the injury to McDonough. But even with Mata coming back for the Penguins, they still lack serious depth in their back two lines of defensemen. It is startling. And while the Penguins are hot now, they're going to be playing on a consistent basis a higher level of competition in the postseason. So we'll have to see how they make up for that on the defensive end. I don't know if you wanted to immediately jump into the defensive end. I've kind of taken us there. No, we're there now, uh, especially because, you know, we went over the goalies, so let's go over this. Uh, I don't like our defense right now. <laughs> so let, let's talk about this first, first off and foremost. AB hasn't decided who he's going to play in place of McDonough. So he has to decide if he's going to play McElrath or if he's going to play Brady Shea. And here's, here's the debate. So you know what you're getting with McElrath. You know what he can and can't do. You basically, at this point of the season... No, there are some limitations. Whoa, I accidentally turned the camera on. Oh, phone. you did. I saw your hand. I don't want you to see my face. I get it. Um, so you know what he's capable of. He's a perfectly adequate third-line center. But we've talked about the shortcomings of the rest of the Rangers' defensive unit. So you get a higher boomer bust potential with Brady Shea. We're in the playoffs. I think you kind of have to go with the boom factor. Play Shea and see if you can capture lightning in a bottle, something special with a very promising prospect that has the makings of a decent and NHL defenseman. Better than McElrath, I think. So here's the real reason they'll do it. Brady Shea's left-handed. That's absolutely the real reason they'll do it. So, I mean, I love McElrath. He's one of my favorite Rangers over the past year. He, uh, he brings a lot to this team. I would rather him play than Jan Girardi. I'll just say that right now. But that won't happen. It just won't. AV sticks to his guys. Sticks to his, sticks to his captains and his, uh, his A's, and that's it. Yeah. I, I, Shea, I think, has to be the play come play uh, this series. Just because he's got a higher potential to impact the game in a positive aspect, both offensively and in the his own zone as a defender than McElrath does at this point in time. So I'm not sure what the lines are going to be, to be perfectly honest. If, if Shea's in there, um, maybe it would be like Klein and Shea, and then we would stick every, like it would just be the normal line of Klein and what would be Klein and McDonough was, has been the most used line in the past 10 games. But I would think he would, uh, he would go Klein and Shea, and then he would do Girardi and Yandel and then Boyle and Stahl. I would not be surprised if Yandel got the push up. And they okay. put Shea on that second line. With Girardi? Yes. Oof. I know. Big Oof. risk. But at the same time, I don't think you can put Shea on the top with the, with the person who is your best P 
pure defenseman right now. I think you kind of you need to have at least one defensive pairing where whenever Sidney Crosby is on the ice, so are they. And I think you're better off with someone like Yandel, who's been there before, and someone like Klein, who's absolutely been there before against um, Crosby in the playoffs. I don't think you can risk putting a complete rookie, not just in the playoffs, but on the top defensive pairing and expecting him to man up against a line of Kunitz, Hornquist, and Crosby. I, I agree. I just, you, you can't do it. No, you can't. So that, But that makes me feel like he might move Yandel and Girardi up to the, being the number one line, and then he would just move down uh, Klein to the second. Or maybe, I don't know. I, it, I, I really don't it, know what Aaron's going to do you're here. In, you're in a funny spot no matter what. Yeah, nothing looks good. Like, everything right. feels off. Right. So. so it's one of those things where there may not be a right answer, but it sure does feel like there's at least one wrong answer. And I think that wrong answer is putting Shea up on the top line. Right. Well, the good news is that their defense, like we said, after Latang is really kind of mediocre. Right now they're playing uh, Daly, Schultz, and Cole. They're all pretty – they're okay defensemen, but they're not – surprisingly not the caliber of ours. That's That feels Schultz, weird to say. Schultz has been encouraging lately. He's been a big part of their win streak. Um, but the difference between the Penguins and the Rangers right now is the Penguins have a clear top line. We know Latang and Mata will be on the ice whenever the Rangers' heavy hitters are on the ice. And with the Rangers, there's no one – there's no pairing we can say, yeah, they'll definitely be <laughs> – on the ice when Crosby's on the ice. Here's a great transition. Hey, 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 Greg. Who's yeah. our heavy hitters? Uh... <laughs> See, like, uh, exactly we're a mess point. right now. There's really no nice way to put it. We're a mess. You would think it's the playoff time, so the top line feels like it's going to be Broussard, Zook, and Nash. Right? Do you want to take a guess over the, the past 10 Ranger games of the season? Who the number one line played was? Uh, JT Miller, Jesper Foss, and Close. Derek Broussard? Close. It's uh, Fast, Stall, and Hayes. That was the number one line we played with 50% frequency over the past 10 games. We're, we're in a weird time here, buddy. We're, yes, we are. I'm just telling you. Like, what, Of course they're going to have their best defenseman out, but I don't know if our best offensemen are actually our best offense guys. Like Rick, Rick, The Rick Nash, Kreider, uh, Broussard line is probably going to be our top line, right? Uh, you would think, and like, but the other thing is, the Penguins are just—they're playing ridiculous hockey right now, and their top two lines are smoking hot. Yeah, and we just—there's nothing smoking hot about the Rangers at this exact moment. I mean, uh, well, yeah, I'm trying to think of like silver linings of what is smoking hot about the Rangers. <laughs> uh, I, there ain't much. There ain't much. But strangely, when I look at this team, here's what I think needs to happen. And it needs to happen quick. AV needs to find, or AV needs to pick the lines tonight or tomorrow that he's going to bring out on offense and on defense. And he needs to stick. Like I know he he shifts these lines a lot. And he makes adjustments, and maybe that's the right call. But you need to stick these guys together. We didn't do it in the regular season. We changed the line all the time. We brought what Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl scored three goals since he's been here. Like <laughs> we've shifted him up up and down lines. He hasn't really been the impact player we wanted him to be, right? Right. So. And this seems to happen, like, I guess Marty was an impact player when we traded for him, but at least the first season and the second season, he was just an old man. And uh, I love Marty, though. 
Uh, but it feels the same way with Eric Stahl. Like, is he really going to make an impact? Like, can AV find a spot where he can make an impact? It's really going to come down to the coach's decisions. And I, I, it feels weird saying that because I'm usually like, it's a player's game. Whoever plays the hardest and like shows the most skill is going to win. But this might be on AV, this one. Uh, I don't know. Th- this season has just had a weird vibe to it from the jump. Uh, it, it's like, God, have have you ever been so negative about a team that won a hundred had acquired one hundred and two points throughout the season? No, no, I like, never have. <laughs> the way we're talking about the Rangers, does it sound like this is a team that just finished third in what turned out to be a highly competitive division that sent five teams to the Eastern Conference playoffs? No, it sounds like we snuck in as the second wild card and we're gonna die. Or it sounds like we missed the playoffs completely. Sorry, Bruins. Not sorry. Because, it, it, I mean, it's just what it feels like. By the way, the Bruins pulled uh, pulled their goalie with nine minutes left yesterday, trailing three. Bold. Bold strategy. They lost. <laughs> uh, it's just it, – it, this, this, I think you said it earlier in our podcasting history, and I kind of poo-pooed it at the time, but the odd uh, – the stack feels significantly um, – the deck feels stacked significantly against the Rangers going into this postseason. And I don't think it's outrageous to say it would be an absolute stunner if the Rangers actually made it out of the first round this year. Okay, let me let me ask you a question, a hypothetical. Say we, say we were going up against the Panthers right now. How would you feel? Uh, I'd feel better, but I, w- I would still not feel 100% confident because... Uh, the pan- the pan- Panthers have been very good all year. No, and I know. I just I... they have a lot of young players who would who are going to their first or second postseason, and I think that's gonna give them a spark that clearly it's not that it's not there for the Rangers. It's just when you're going to your first or second postseason, you play with a little bit more intensity than if you're going for what. What is this? The sixth straight year the Rangers have made the playoffs. So, yeah. just about everyone on this roster has experienced the postseason twice over, including two very long postseason runs. Very long. An Eastern Conference title and an appearance in a game seven. Game did they seven. Go to seven against they, the Lightning. Yes, they did, Greg. Yeah. Yes, okay. they did. <laughs> they, this is a this is a very veteran team. Cue picture and, of Rick Nash uh, having a breakaway on a power play and not scoring. Right, but like at the same time, like as I'm saying, um, the Panthers would have a, a spark that Ranger players might not in a playoff series. The Rangers also would know what it takes to beat a young team in the playoffs because they've done it before. But the difference with this Penguins team is uh, they've kind of done it too, and they've actually seen the promised land. They've won a cup. Sidney Crosby has lifted Lord Stanley's cup. They right. have – like there, there is no – discernible edge on paper that screams Rangers over Penguins. So it's not there. Here's here's my shitty Ranger logic. You ready? Ready. The last two years we've played the Penguins. Yes, we were a different team. Yes, we were faster. Yes, Girardi had legs and we were sort of healthy. But I always felt like we had the Penguins number, as weird as that is. I always feel that way against the Capitals and I always feel that way against the Penguins. And that who is our is our most likely road to the East Conference Finals this year? I don't know if we can beat this team, and I know what you're gonna say, and don't spoil it just yet. 
But I think the Rangers can can take this series in seven, and they either take it in seven or lose it in five. Here's the here's the difference in my mind. First of all, the Ranger team the last two years, those were different Rangers teams. It was when the Rangers beat the Penguins in five games last year. The most surprising part of the Rangers beating the Penguins was that every game was a two to one game. It wasn't that the Rangers beat the Penguins. The Rangers should have beaten the Penguins last year, and they did because, quite honestly, during the regular season, they were a better offensive team than the Penguins. They had a more evenly – I don't know if distributing is the right word, but it's the word that's coming to the top of my head. Their defensive unit was more up and down uh, reliable, and Hank was Hank. So the only surprising thing about the Rangers-Penguins series last year was that the Rangers only had one goal wins. Everything else kind of went according to the book. Um, And the difference with the Rangers this year is, you know, we honestly have no idea what variation of this Rangers team we're going to see. We've seen this Rangers team score five-plus goals a game, go on some absolute bingers we've seen this defense be unable to stop a runny faucet and we've even seen hank play real poor hockey that i don't think we've seen in the previous 10 years with hank so there's just everything would have to go perfectly right for the rangers meanwhile everything is going perfectly right for the penguins which is why i know you don't like it and i know Diehard Ranger fans probably don't like it, and our listeners probably won't like it. I do not see the Penguins losing this series. I see the Rangers going out in five, and I see Pittsburgh moving on. It's very sad to say. Uh, I I think I think it sucks <laughs> that you think that. I, I'm not, it's, and again, I understand I should, why you think I, let it. Me, let me make it perfectly clear. Yes. I am not rooting for this outcome. Uh, I will be completely honest. I have $100 riding on the Rangers to win this series. I just think uh, and that that was a bet I made before the season started. Okay. I would not as of today put $100, $100 more dollars on the Rangers right. to win this series. Um I just I realistically and in my heart of hearts as a hockey fan, the Penguins are the better team. The Penguins have a little bit more chemistry right now and the uh, the Rangers are just set up for a letdown. So here's the good news if you're if you're listening and you're saying, wow, Greg, what a negative Nancy you are. Sometimes it's fun to be the underdog. Sometimes yeah. it's fun to go in and say, like, listen, this team is unbeatable. And when we start beating them, their tune might change. You know, if we're up to nothing, the, everything shifts. It all starts with this first game. And that's where I got I got to tell you, um, I, I did it this past October. I just wanted the Mets to make the playoffs. And then when they made the playoffs, I realistically – did not have high expectations for them to do much. And why would you? They were going up against the Dodgers that were throwing out Kershaw twice and, if necessary, Granky twice. Who You don't beat Kershaw and Granky twice in one series apiece. Except you and do. The Mets, the Mets did in the first round. And then in the second round, I was like, well, I don't know. The Cubs, they got a lot of momentum. They were, the Mets didn't beat them once in the regular season. Jake Arrieta was pitching his best baseball that he's ever pitched. Right. You had John Lester, who's been there before. You had a deep lineup. Like, I was like, there's no way we'd beat the Cubs. And then we swept them. And then you know what happened? I got cocky and thought we'd beat the Royals, and we lost. <laughs> well, 
Well, maybe it's a good thing we don't think we're gonna we're gonna win this then. Uh, so it's gonna be a, an interesting week. I think you and I are gonna be doing a uh, reaction podcast on Wednesday night after the that game. Is the plan. That, that is the that is the that is at least plan. the plan right now. Um, other than that, I think I really want to do a fan episode. I'm hoping to get it done Thursday. If, if anyone wants to come on and talk the first game of uh, the playoff series with the Penguins and make some predictions for game two, please email us or contact us on our website or on our Reddit account. So you'll find us uh, on the Reddit Rangers subreddit. And then we'll set up a time, hopefully Thursday, um, possibly Friday, to uh, record and post on the Reddit and, and on our, our feed here. We will definitely be around, 100%. Yeah, well, I'm gonna we're gonna post the instant reaction like as soon as it happens. We'll either be either be thrilled talking about all the points of the game on Wednesday night, or uh, or we'll be really sad sacks and say, you know, well, well, I told you so. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. If I had to give you a score, I'd say three-one Penguins is kind of what I'm expecting. All right, so I'm uh, I I think we're gonna steal the first game. That's my prediction. I think we win. I think we win three-two. All right, fair enough. We'll fair. see which one of us is right. Fair enough, right? So I think that's uh, that's our whole podcast. Did we miss anything? Uh, I, I don't think so. Okay. I, I can't. I, I Do you want to give your who, – who is your X Factor? I'm literally about to say this. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, who, who do you think is going to be the difference maker for each team? I guess that's the only thing we haven't gone over. So Carl Haglin is going to get his revenge. It's not really a revenge. He wasn't even supposed to be on this team. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna play his best hockey, and I know I know who your X Factor is for Penguins, so I'm gonna let you save that one. Uh, but uh, I think Haglin's their X Factor. He was the X Factor against the Penguins last year, and now that uh, he's not our best player against the Penguins, he could be the best player against us. On our side, I think it's up to I want to say Rick Nash, but if that's not the answer. I think it's up to Chris Kreider to continue his excellent play over the past uh ten games and really try to t- try and take over a series with the potential he's always shown but has never really gotten to. That's fair. Uh, I'll give you. You know who my Penguins pick's gonna be. But does everyone uh, else? <laughs> it's it, it's Nick Bonino because okay. if you're not gonna have Malkin, Bonino is the guy that's been playing in Malkin's spot, and he's been great. Uh, I think the number is 13 points in his last nine games. He when we were talking about the Penguins not having depth earlier this season. Players like Nick Bonino were not playing up to their potential, and now he is. And now, and Matt Cohen too. Kind of why the Penguins went front heavy because they thought they had guys like this ready to go and ready to step up. And we've seen it from Bonino, and I think if he's able to keep playing at the current place pace he's going at, uh, the Rangers are in trouble because Malkin or not, they have a difference maker to play on that line and add depth to this team. And for the Rangers. Uh, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be unique. I'm not going to be. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be predictable. I'm going to say it's Matt Zuccarello. We oh. saw what this Ranger team can do in the playoffs with Zuc in the lineup, and then we saw what they couldn't do when Zuc got hurt, when he did against the Lightning, and they bowed out of the playoffs. And I think Zuc is the most important player, offensively speaking, for this Rangers team. He's the little little engine that could. He's able to do everything you want and everything you need, and he makes the players around him better. Uh, and I just, I truly believe that if the Rangers want to make a deep run in the playoffs this year, it has to be Zook. I don't know who else it could be. Well, well said. I didn't expect that. I actually expected you to go Hank, to be honest. 
Um, but well, no, because yeah, that's obvious, you know, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's obvious. If you want to win, you gotta make sure you're not giving up that, that must the most goals. Very true. Um, but but yeah, no, I think uh, the man between the pipes is never in doubt for the Rangers. What is in doubt is who the hell is putting the puck into the net on the other end. And if the Rangers want to score goals, they're gonna need an A effort from Matt Zuccarello. And that's it. Uh, so listen, that's the whole podcast today. We'll see you guys back. Uh, we'll post right after the game, probably uh, on Wednesday night and we'll see how that goes. And then we'll set up, please message me if you guys want to be on this podcast for the playoff series, uh, community issue. And we're hopefully going to do that on Thursday. That's the plan Thursday. I might have some stuff. I have some stuff that's personal right now that I'm working on on Thursday. So if that doesn't work out, we're going to figure out another time. I promise. Yeah. What you don't know is that, uh, Ryan Mead broke my heart and, uh, uh, no, we're, you know, not, we're, we're nope. trying to work through these problems for the sake of our listener children, but uh, you know, right? Might be might be splitting Christmases is what we're, ta- we're what we're getting at. That hits too close to home. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hi dad, hi mom. Um, who's my dad? Anyway, la- la- uh, we're, we're done. Franco? We're done. John Franco. That's All a, right, a, a, we've, for, we've gone for, deep. I didn't even know. for another time. For another time, Greg. It's been a pleasure. We will speak to you on Wednesday night, and we'll be posting then. Uh, thank you for listening. That's all. Greg, say goodbye. Happy birthday to me. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, buddy. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.